Okay, we're recording and we're going to go live in three, two, one. Well, welcome back, real estate fans. Alice Lima here, broker John L. Scott, Southern Oregon, with one of my favorite podcasts, Happy Hemp Day. We're here with Mark Taylor with the Southern Oregon Hemp Co-op, and we're going to get an update on what's going on in Southern Oregon hemp land, the, the great, the not so great, what's coming next. We just love our updates with Mark. So Mark, so here we are. It's early May. It's coronavirus. And you're going to tell us what's going on with the hemp co-op. Bring us up to date, dude. Okay. Well, nice to be here, Alice. Thanks for uh, always having the Happy Hemp Day. It's, uh, it's kind of the pinnacle of my week because we call it Happy Hemp Day. <laughs> Wish that I could carry that to, uh, uh, to indicate that all things are good and in Happy Hemp Land here, we have nothing but positives. But uh, you alluded to the coronavirus, and undoubtedly it has put a damper on uh, the sales of our product, and it was already stalled because of a few buyers and, and a lot of supply, a lot of product. So we're down probably another two weeks as far as our shipments go to, uh, to out of state, going to Denver, Colorado, and they got affected by the coronavirus, and the CDC came into that plant and, uh, and shut it down and said they had to sanitize and do certain separation and rearrange their factory so that's real and that did not so did help. that so did they get all that done there uh, uh just uh, should be another week it was just last week that i talked to the main broker that uh, that is involved in our co-op here and is doing the shipping and he said it was two weeks at that point so that means there's another week that they're down and that really we had a hundred fifty thousand pound order that was just deemed to oh, go out wow and that got uh, stymied so not once again you add it up we talked about it alice between weather between um the the oversupply and, and now the coronavirus it has been challenging there's no reason to dodge it 2019 was a challenging year for our biomass and flour here in the valley well so this is a reminder that farming is not always easy and farming is not only a business, but it's an act of love, <laughs> right? And you got to stick with it, boy. You've got to have some persistence to make it. And I still think that the people in Southern Oregon that stick with it, they will have a good business and it will be profitable. Don't you think so? Yeah, the microclimate, the designation that we received uh, from the industry as a whole will stand. And that, uh, for your new viewers, uh, Southern Oregon hemp, and, uh, and, and generally the Northwest, if a place right, uh, you have to grow with intelligence. Um, once again, it doesn't change the fact that we have the best climate for growing hemp in the world, bar none. And, uh, and remember, that comes from competing states. Uh, daily, I talk with uh, Kansas, uh, Pennsylvania, Virginia. Uh, I'm in very good uh, talks with a co-op out of New Mexico. And uh, oh, these really? Are, yeah, these are very progressive, strong growers with products and uh, they're coming into i can make this announcement alice uh, i know you're going to hear it first on on happy <gasps> hip day on happy hip day yay uh now have they been totally vetted no but i'm talking about two hour long conference call with our board and uh the members of the new mexico hip co-op they want to follow our model they want to they want to fly our golden tractor banner and unite under one oh, roof great yeah and listen wow. to this I'm, Virginia just called me announcing the same thing, asking if our co-op would help uh, them uh, get theirs off, off the ground. And of course, um, 
uh, it's my interest to uh, to have us unite under some central themes as uh, both buyers and sellers of the uh, the greatest plant in the world, the hemp plant. And uh, so I'm really excited about that news. And I'll oh, congratulate! And you heard it here first, folks. Congratulations! We have uh, cross state lines with the co-op uh, banner under the Southern Oregon. Uh, hemp co-op that is such a big deal congratulations yes it's they they have uh, just one ladder there they have a skincare uh, topical I shouldn't say skincare but some type of topical uh, product that they're developing and uh, they have a, a total of life what they call a life prosperity package that they're going to introduce to us and I hope it's good I, I really believe his name's Ian and I can say that, and I hope Ian is watching. I, I We're going to really send this to Ian. He may not know it's coming. We're sending him the link. <laughs> oh, get to see me live here. Hi, so, Ian. <laughs> Your new friends. <laughs> behind you, Ian. That is so exciting. Um, okay, so the other states um, don't have quite the climate we do, and they don't have the, we, we, we jokingly call it the 45th parallel, right? Correct. So, but they're still producing. How are they doing with the coronavirus? Because they have the same issues, don't they? Yeah, that would be a parallel. Um, you know, I guess I can say this. We've heard it time and time again that out of a crisis, sometimes a, a silver lining can be found. And uh, I did not believe that when I heard that two months ago. <clears throat> I was glad that in my, uh, I have another business. I think as I alluded to a uh, General, I'm a general contractor, also Alice, and it, it did affect it. It slowed things down uh, to some degree, but at least I'm viewed essential, and uh, so I can continue to work. And so, about the first two or weeks, I was kind of despondent because it's a shutdown, right? And right. Uh, friends were coming to me. I, we have family in the salon business and in the uh, in the massage therapy, uh, medically trained uh, folks that work with professionals. All those businesses are shut down, as you know. So, where's the civil? Where's the silver lining? And I don't know that I can speak for uh, each and every business, but I do know I feel like a little bit in the co-op. I've uh, come up with better ideas. We're trying to hone those ideas. We're, we're spending a lot more time, of course, being inside or being in the office. Right. Phone uh, here, uh, uh, asking people for their perspective, networking, grouping together, and uh, really determining a way that we can come out of this as better marketing people, better uh, responders to all of our farmers' needs and uh, really sharpen our, our business game, if you will. And I, I, I see some of that happening. I, I do see a pent-up energy. And when, when we get clear of this, I see people going back to work in a, uh, in a diligent, and of course we'll be happy, and just through enthusiasm, I think that uh, there's, there's a lot to be said for that. So I'm looking for some positives. And, uh, and, and in the transition, I just hope that we all are safe and practices safe distancing, uh, distancing and uh, proper hygiene and whatnot. Well, and today we just like literally an hour ago got the announcement that Governor Brown is beginning to soften our stay-at-home orders. So one of my questions, I was so happy that, that we were going to talk today, was how does that affect the labor and the getting ready uh, for the hemp planting? Because that's what we're getting ready to do in the next 30 days, right? And then we can start having some of our big buyers come through and look at the farms and the plants and start putting in their orders, right? Right. Yeah, that was kind of a question about uh, what, what, the, uh, what the change will, uh, what kind of change will occur as a result of uh, Governor Brown's latest uh, 
a statement and as well, how is that affecting uh, the farmers and the big, big and small right now? Well, first off, I, um, I applaud anything. I, I, I think that it's a little bit too, uh, too little, too late for some businesses, but uh, especially the restaurant business. But the, the co-op labor force and personnel, I think, has been lined up for some time. And, uh, and farming, even though, Kemp, sadly enough, I just a few days ago got off the phone with uh, Senator Merkley's um, wife. And, uh, and consequently, we don't, as, as hemp farmers, we are not able to get the emergency stimulus money. Why is that? Uh, hemp is not viewed as a, just because still, I didn't realize that, but both the DEA and the FBI still view hemp as a class one. Oh, no, really? I thought we were past that. No, so, oh. um, and I don't know why they, I don't know why they would use that, um, because money and farming of hemp, it, 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 your emotional reaction to that statement that I just made. <laughs> Was totally correct because it's just so disheartening to not get help for an industry that will someday um, I think reinforce small businesses we've discussed on other podcasts and I think that it is the heaven sent for many of our farmers but we could really use it, it was only ten thousand dollars as you're aware it was to help with labor and um, and we're legitimate farmers hemp is hemp is just for textiles doggy treats skin care, um, medicines, uh, pharmaceuticals, on and on and on. And uh, why, being those four idioms that I just mentioned, they're so important. All of them are, are, are animals, and not just doggy treats, but uh, our animal husbandry, llamas, horses, um, joint pain. Uh, they're we we are trying to move fast and, and get these products produced. And every time they take a farmer or a small business out of it, uh, by uh, kind of saying, oh, hemp industry, A, for example, is not approved for the stimulus because you, you guys, quote unquote, still have a class one narcotic and <laughs> you know, uh, you, you're growing up. So really, really crazy. It doesn't make sense. But I think as we find that we look into government, sometimes we're very disappointed because they give us a start, then they say stop, then they say take one step back. The farm bill that we discussed in the last uh the last podcast was, I think, so revealing as to how they come up with a change in the farm bill on the uh, in the implementation of the total THC. Uh, very hurtful, wrong timing. Uh, so anyway, we're trying to move forward right now uh, under some difficult situations. And I, I think uh, we're doing so from the farmers that I talked to that are going to be growing this year. We're doing so in a most prudent way with a clearer mind as of what we need to do to produce higher yields, higher CBD, and low THC biomass. So um, has anything changed in the regulation of, of how, what like the percentage of THC? Because they, they had it regulated at kind of a very strange level, but has that changed in the last couple of weeks? Or are they still no. using that, those same numbers? And what was that number? Can you remind us again? It's the, we, we operate on the THC. We still are under the Delta nine through November is my understanding. And oh, through November, 2020. Yeah. Till okay. 2020. And then we're going to the total THC. So they're going to combine, they're going to combine the two elements, the two, um, one of them is not psychotropic whatsoever, but uh, there you go again with government screwing up a basis that we had and we were operating 
as uh, you know, as a businesses that believe we could go forward with one with one basis. And of course, anytime that somebody pulls the carpet out from under you in farming, no matter what crop it is, right? Regulation is usually unneeded or unnecessary at this point. I wish they would have waited three years at least and to let us get a footing. I was just thinking that because don't they do that with some industries where they they let them have like an incubation period? They do that with the technology companies. They do that yep. with you know all like all kinds of alternative energy and things like that. This is and we weren't hurting anything. We weren't we weren't three tenths of a three tenths of a percent as a total by weight of uh, of the psychotropical element of the THC. There was no way to get high or to or to alter the mind. Yeah. Oh, yes. negative. No negative whatsoever and remember we talked about that the united nations does that standard at one one percent per weight of plant where mm -hmm. it is, is designated at three tenths of a percent and and suddenly that had to be construed differently changed altered complicated yeah. there was other things on remediation on uh, testing um there was a lot of things to digest i forget how many pages it was but it was well over i think 50 or 60 pages of rules and regulations that change or alter the current state yeah yeah well going back to what's happening here in southern oregon and getting ready so this is um kind of early to mid-may what should the farmers be doing not only to get ready for their crop process but also how should they be doing it so that we're we're following protocols for the coronavirus okay well, I don't know that I'll be the, the uh, bottom line or the last word on the coronavirus, but, um, yeah, as, and this is kind of conflicting, even though we did not as farmers qualify for the stimulus money, we're still viewed as necessary and essential as far as I'm concerned, because uh, ag has been given an exemption. Right, okay. So that doesn't mean that farm operations, uh, so I don't get in any trouble here, uh, don't have to practice social distancing, proper uh, operation as far as hygiene and uh, decontamination as I just uh, referenced on the one plant in Colorado. So my advice would be to contact your uh, local uh, health authority if you have or health office with the county if you have any concerns whatsoever as to how to proceed safely with your farm operation because as much as it, we view it that some of it is extreme I believe my personal viewpoint uh, we don't want to get anybody sick and uh, I, do, I, I do agree with and believe wholeheartedly that social distancing with the coronavirus and, uh, and wearing the proper respirator, shouldn't say respirator, but mask, mm -hmm. uh, is, is, is well, should be heated and, is, and with service all. But just so for the, like the logistics of getting plants in the ground and having labor, it's, do, do, has the co-op discussed this yet or is that gonna be something you take up in your next meeting? Yeah, that's something that uh, I haven't been asked directly. But one thing about the farmer, uh, and once again, I can only hope, uh, knowing many, many, you know, I'll say you, as, as I'm looking out there into my viewers' land, uh, the, the farmer is, is really, he's taking care of the land. He wants to take care of his farmer. They're, these are responsible people. Uh, right. Most of the people that come into farming didn't just start growing hemp this year. They grew grass seed, alfalfa. Uh, tomatoes, some other kind of product, and mm -hmm. uh, and they're and they're for the most part business people. Well, business people just like you and I, Alice, <clears throat> we're very uh, sensitive to our employees. We don't want to get anybody ill, mm -hmm. and so uh, I have total faith that they will operate. Most of 
the most of the uh, nuances, uh, most of the facets of farming are mechanized. The seeds go in by a, I forget the, the planting, the plant of the clones, how they're planted, but it's on a wheel. And uh, oh, so and there's not there's not much human contact then with each other. Well, clarification there on larger farms, it's more mechanized. On smaller farms, there is still a lot of hand planting on the uh, three, mm -hmm. two acre and smaller farmers. But you take one row, one rows are generally adequate distance apart, and you can do every other row. So it's really well, and you're outside too. So yeah, you're outside, and it's not going to add that I see. And I kind of studied the dynamic of the COVID virus as it relates to farm operations and. It's so wide, so open, and well, it, well, you lose maybe an hour or so a day <clears throat> in some of the facets as you get inside of a transfer of the plants uh, into uh, during harvest season. Um, that could be, but I just think because the buildings are usually large and the pathways can be established. Uh, I guess uh, somebody told me they went into Walmart and everything is marked in rows and, and directions that you're supposed to go down and turn and come down the other aisle and how you're how they help maintain distancing and, and boy uh, does it smell clean <laughs> well hemp will smell like hemp because it's hemp will smell like, but walmart smells like bleach <laughs> okay well they have to do that for a reason and they do uh, they do and i'm not being critical it's it was just no. noticeable yeah i'll bet um, so we got to get ready for the buyers tours because the buyers uh, can come in June, which is a month. So we're looking at 30, 45 days away. Um, we may have new protocols by then, but that's okay because we're ready and we'll deal with the buyer tours of the farm, especially the class A farms uh, as they come out and get ready to start touring the hemp product to get ready for the purchases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's true. And hey, maybe I could, uh, if I could take over your show here <laughs> for a minute. It's, it's uh, for you, dude. Go for it. Well, here's what I'd like to do. I'd kind of like to make my pitch out there to the, uh, to the viewers. And, um, and so here goes, Alice. Um, if you are a uh, large hedge fund, if you're an end user of, uh, of uh, hemp, do you want to extract or uh, interested in looking at our, our very high quality of flower, uh, once again, we deem the Northwest as the 45th parallel, the Golden Grove region of the whole world uh, as it applies to hemp. We'd love to meet you, greet you, give you a, uh, a class A tour of uh, some of our premier operators and uh, explain to you, our end user and potential buyer, why we feel, although we know you have many choices and uh, where you go to purchase hemp, uh, we just feel like it's known um, uh, the world around and, and please check that out and verify it that uh, there's no better place in the world to buy high quality hemp than here in the Southern Oregon and Oregon regions. And uh, as I say, we'll, um, uh, we'll treat you fair and uh, we expect our farmers to be treated fair, but we know you feel comfortable in dealing with the Southern Oregon Hemp Co-op as far as that we have a, uh, a new agreement. And then talking to Alice, I don't want to disclose it, but it's a very simple uh, uh, agreement where the co-op uh, handles the transaction and by the way end user who better to know the farmer and their quality and how we can serve and help you than a co-op operator or board member that deals daily uh, with our farms and uh, and will uh, once again expose to you the complete benefits of uh, attaining 
uh, our fine biomass and flower here in Southern Oregon. And thank you, by the way, for just considering uh, our our hemp and dealing with our local farm community. And and by the and and by all means, my number is open uh, twenty almost twenty four hours a day. I hope you check. Uh, <laughs> Better check I, with your wife first. <laughs> but but he'll answer his phone a lot. Hours <laughs> night, but yes, I'm Pacific time. But my number is 541-601-5130, and I welcome any inquiries and to the world's finest sample. Yeah, yeah, and you you won't go wrong with Southern Oregon, and it's not just us being braggy. Um, other people in other states, you know, point point us out, uh, and we're very proud of our awards. And we're a brand new industry, and it's going to just get better. So, um, yeah, so we're going to keep having these conversations. We're going to keep uh, inviting people out to come in and check out our product. And having a co-op is really the best of both worlds. You've got that personal touch, but you also have the uh, the scale, the size, you get the best of both. So it's very well exciting, very exciting. So Mr. Mark, we're gonna let you go. We're gonna do this again. Uh, we are trying to do Happy Hemp Day every week, but both Mark and I have jobs. <laughs> so we're gonna set it up on a regular schedule. We hope to have you uh, watch us every week now. Uh, right, Mark? Yep, and we're going to uh, stay on point for all of our viewers, and uh, we really thank you for tuning in, too. Yeah, and get us your questions. Get us your comments. We're here for you. It's an educational process. Um, it's also um, kind of a peek into an industry that's in its infancy, and we have the brains here, Mark Taylor of the Southern Oregon Hemp Co-op, who just is a wealth of information. We're so lucky to have him, so so yeah. use him. Use him and get his, yep. get his info from him. <laughs> I'm here for uh, I'm here for you farmers. All right. Well, thank you Mark. We'll be in touch again in another week. So, here's Happy Hemp Day saying goodbye from the 45th parallel. Bye. Bye now. Okay. I think that went good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to stop the recording. <laughs> It went good. Bye, folks.